passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting live and on demand from Buffalo, New York, where there's, there's some accumulation of snow on the ground as I look out the window now. It is December 19th, 2021. And today on the program, we will discuss some interesting filings from WWE. I think they're SEC filings. We will discuss a Fox News article about AEW ratings and the Jacksonville Jaguars. We will discuss how AEW is performing as, as a lead-in for the NHL and for other programs in its history. We will discuss the latest YouTube numbers. What did SmackDown do on Friday for a prelim rating? The history of DQ finishes and count-out finishes and no-contest finishes. Cyber Agent, its subsidiary, Cyber Fight, uh, had a, a financial report that came out recently. And then we will give our predictions. We will reflect, perhaps, on some predictions that we made two years ago about the professional wrestling business. But first, joining me from my immediate south, he is a ring announcer. He is a stand-up comedian. He is a Bitcoin investor. And he is, think, hungover, Chris Gullo. You know, it's the holiday party season, so you just got to keep trucking along. How was your adventure at the ESW Christmas party? How late did it go? Um, I got home at 2 in the morning, and we're recording this. 2 in the morning? So, yes. How, how much did you sleep? Uh, probably got a good five hours. In. Wow. And, and, and when we're done here, you're not, like, taking a nap. No. No. <laughs> going to a Buffalo Bills game. You're going to a Bills the, the, the Falcons today? Is that who it is? Carolina Panthers. Carolina today. Panthers. Is Falcons the next week? Uh, Falcons is in a couple weeks. A couple it's, weeks. I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's right. It's the Panthers today. Okay. It's Panthers, Patriots, Falcons, Jets. <laughs> Outstanding. Did you, uh, did you get any gifts at this Christmas party that you would like to disclose? Yeah. So what they do here at this Christmas party is, is you buy a gift and then everybody draws a number and a hat and it's like a secret Santa, but like you could steal the, the gift from somebody. So if you have number one, you pick a gift and then number two could either steal your gift or pick a gift and so on. And, uh, I, I bought some interesting gifts for the thing, and I and I got a, a Sting ornament from 1998. Wow. And a that Sid sounds like, Justice. That sounds a like referee a referee Sid Justice. Referee, what, what referee Sid Justice? <laughs> There's a Sid Justice WWE figure. Figure. It's a SummerSlam edition, yes. A referee Sid Justice figure. What? He's in a ref shirt. Yeah. Like, like what, what, what was the brand at the time? Are those the Hasbro figures? No, that's the, the yeah, well, yeah, that's the, it's the Elite. Elite. This is a modern figure. This is a figure that was out a couple years ago. Oh, okay. summer's This is a okay. Glam, like Elite Collection or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But a Sting ornament yeah. from not him. Him and a referee. Sting ornament yes. from 1988? I, 19, 19, 19, oh, okay. 1998. So I ordered it from Amazon, 
And apparently this guy just must have a warehouse full of these. It came, it's in pristine, it's like brand new out of the box, but it's from 1998. It says 1999. Okay. Wow. I thought you said you were going to say 1988. Like this is Clash One Sting. That would have been really cool. <laughs> yeah. So th- this is Crow's thing. Anyway. All right. You can ask a question right. if you want. There's there's a super chat feature available here if you want. Yes. If you want to give a question or you just want your comment right on here on, on the air, go ahead and do a super chat. Uh, but we will begin with yeah, dun, the dun, Security dun. Exchange Commission. <laughs> yes, the Securities and Exchanges Commission. So I was alerted to something that was that is, in fact, anyone can look, look, go, go look right now. Go to corporate.w.com, and if you click the right numbers of the right combination of links, you will find uh, sort of a, you could almost call it an Easter egg. You will find a filing. That has been there. Oh, Gull's, Gull's leaving. He's got to go throw up in the, in the... Okay. Anyway. I'm here. Okay. There is a filing. There's not, no email alert related to this. There's certainly no posting on, on the front of their corporate website, their investor relations website that I'm aware of. Um, as people may know, there's been a number of, of lawsuits going on here related to... Uh, it's a class action lawsuit by shareholders against WWE basically alleging that shareholders uh, during a certain period from uh, roughly it, it overlaps 2019 and 2020, where they allege that they were misled uh, to, to believe that the, that there would be a MENA TV rights deal upcoming that MENA is Middle East, North Africa. Basically W was supposed to get a deal done with uh, the Saudi government that owns the TV network MBC and, uh, Deal still to this day has never been done, uh, but WWE missed its financial uh, guidance. While prior to that, saying that you know deal was was imminent, uh, so this has been going on for quite a while. Uh, share, shareholders are getting something out of it, depending on how many shares you owned. Uh, all of it's being paid for by WWE's insurance, so it's not like this, it's going to be this huge financial hit to WWE. But this coming. What is this? Tuesday? Wednesday, excuse me. December 22nd. Uh, there will be a hearing about this. And uh, Chris Gull, if you want to read, you don't have to read this entire slide, but you can read, read, read up, to the, up to the Zoom link. All right. So, yeah. Uh, so, the settlement hearing is scheduled for December 22nd, 2021 at 11 a.m. And the above ca- uh, caption actions will be conducted via Zoom. The court will allow the public to join via video conference through the Zoom you know, and the Zoom application there. So, yeah. So, so 11 a.m. Then the, the link is right here. Um, it's on the filing. Apparently, anybody could listen in. However, uh, you, they also provide a phone number that you can listen in on. Uh, please note, though, it says persons granted remote access to proceedings are reminded of the general prohibition prohibition against photographing, recording, screenshots, streaming. No streaming it on your Twitch and rebroadcasting in any form of court proceedings. Um, but you might not be able to record it, but you can listen in. And I, I wonder who's going to be present. I have, I have a guest, though. I think it might be one Jerry McDivitt we might see there. Uh, I think he, he has been representing WB in this and, and, and really all of WB's major legal actions. So, yeah, that's, that's something nobody... By the way, nobody else is... I think even noticed this much less reported it. So um, 
not exactly a wrestle wrestling media exclusive, but um, but I don't know that anybody else has, has noticed this, much less reported it uh, in the as far as people who are doing stuff publicly. So I'll I'll, uh, I'll be trying to check that out at eleven on Wednesday and see if there's anything riveting. But we'll see what happens. All right, and uh, so moving on here to a interesting article that came out this past week from Fox news. Uh, and uh, we'll let you know about it. Uh, so this is from the article billionaire NFL team owner, Shad Khan had a rough 15 first 15 days of December between his business with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the family venture into professional wrestling with all wrestling. AEW had a very successful summer with the acquisitions of CM Punk, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole from WWE. AEW show dynamite and rampage each popped more than 1 million view total viewers at its peaks dynamite peaked at 1.319 million uh, viewers september 8th when punk addressed fans for the first time since appearing at all out and rampage peaked at 1.129 million on august 20th when punk made his debut in chicago since then things cooled off with rampage uh, attracting around 500,000 viewers. Dynamite attracted over 900,000 viewers Wednesday for the first time since mid-November, thanks to its Winter is Coming special. As things move into the next year, the Jacksonville or well, Jaguars will be at square one with a high draft pick and in need of a new coach for the 2022 season. So, are you aware of the news with Urban Meyer? Uh, yes, I am very aware. And uh, Sum- Summarize for first us. First off, <laughs> I just want to say, most football fans didn't think this was going to work out anyways. Did I think it was going to be a one-year thing? No, but most football fans, college coaches don't transition well. Some have, but most do not. He's a very successful and college coach, yeah. Yeah, there was the scandal over the summer with the the the, the lap dance he got, and the, the, there was a lot of press on that. And then, and then the Josh Lambeau, who was a kicker for the Jaguars, came out and said that, Urban Meyer kicked him in a practice like so. And also to just the records abysmal and there's been other chatter or whatever, but uh, he was, he, uh, he was let go. He was fired overnight this week. Like I, I woke up to the news at like 6am and he was, I think he was fired like one in the morning. Yeah. I, I, I read that he, uh, Shad Khan waited to do it after an NFL owners meeting or something like that. The Jaguars are two and 11, mm-hmm. two, two wins, 11 yeah. losses. So, so this is an article that, that came out on, I believe, Thursday, Thursday. Um, this comes out. It's, um, it's, it's interesting to, to bring these two issues together that, I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough, tough week for the Khan family. The Jaguars head coach had to be fired and then um, and is AW cooling off. But then on Friday, Friday night, we have some tweets from Tony Khan. Uh, and I so he Tony Khan said thanks Fox News I appreciate that you highlighted AEW's ratings when AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays had has beaten every single show on your network for six straight weeks. Here are a few more charts. Twitter only let me attach four weeks worth to my last tweet. See you tonight. Hashtag AEW Rampage. This is one of two tweets right where he posted the second tweet posted very similar text. I think another set of Showbiz charts, which was um fun for me to see so many showbiz charts being put out there um we could look at this this is this came out this week from editorials 2024 listing the 
I believe this is in prime time. Uh, what, what does it say at the top of the list below? Uh, yeah, the numbers. So this is through. This is for 2021. This just is just listing. Yeah, I think this is prime time. The average viewership in P2 Plus for the top networks and number one in P2 Plus by a pretty wide margin is Fox News uh, with 2.36 million viewers. Number two is ESPN. Again, 2.36 is the number one for Fox News. ESPN is next with, we could round up here to 1.7. About 2.4 to 1.7 is number two, followed by MSNBC beating out CNN with uh, 1.5 for MSNBC and, and, and 1.1 million for CNN, followed by HGTV, TNT with over a million, They're the last one on the list with over a million, followed by TBS, the Hallmark Channel, TLC, History Channel, USA Network, Discovery Channel, INSP. I don't know what that is. Inspection? What? What is that? Do you know what that is? Yeah, I actually, I don't even know what that is. I'm going to look that up Google, here. Google that, please. Food Network and Investigation Discovery. That's in total viewership. <clears throat> the top 10. So in, yeah. It, I'm surprised this is up there. It's, it, it's like a religious channel, but it also shows timeless and original Western TV series. Like, I've never heard this thing. interesting so these are these are obviously all cable networks so there's no broadcast being considered here but um in 18 to 49 though number one is espn number two is tnt number three is tbs number four usa network so we've got out of that top four two of those are are airing wrestling uh twice a week number five is fox news channel number six food network followed by adult swim tlc HGTV and tying for 10th place, CNN and Discovery Channel. MSNBC doesn't make it to the top 10. Uh, when I when I do my comparisons about like, this is what the trends of TV are overall, I often exclude uh, news, especially in the year of 2020. News was exceptionally high while the rest of TV was down. But uh, you can see how news performs well um, relative to other programming. But uh I don't know. Is is eighteen? Of, Tony Khan's pointing out that AW programming has beaten Fox News programming in eighteen to forty nine. Uh, I wonder what what demo Fox News is selling on most often. Um, if you look at some of the the ads, not that I'm watching Fox News all the time, but if you look at some of the ads that Fox News is probably airing, they're probably targeting P fifty plus, <laughs> but and which they're doing, you know blowing away the field in p50 plus so there i imagine that. there's life insurance commercials and pharmaceutical commercials <laughs> and yes. stuff like that precious metals and things of that nature um just if if tony khan doesn't tweet about this i don't know that anybody is aware of, of this article as as much as they are hopefully he got some great traffic for the aw rampage hashtag and drove some interest into, into the rampage program that evening but uh it's taking a story that is tangentially related and, and putting it uh, attached to AEW and maybe making people think a little bit more about, oh, what is going on with AEW's ratings? Is there, oh yeah, the, the executive summary could become more so, oh yeah, they've, they've been cooling off. And they didn't do a good rating on Wednesday. I talked about this on, on the, the TV ratings talk, the winter is coming rating, and I talked about it on Friday with uh, John Pollock and Wei Ting uh, on the post-wrestling news update. 
uh, about the the winter is coming rating, which did a 0.31 in the demo and did over 900,000 viewers total. But the demo is the lowest demo that Dynamite has done in its normal time slot since May of this year. Even when you consider the West Coast issue, because NHL is having to air live, uh, that's affecting the ratings, yes. There's been about a 22% decline in, in viewership since Dynamite has started airing live on the West Coast. But even among these last eight weeks or so, that uh, seven or eight weeks that Dynamite has been airing live on the West Coast, this was still the lowest demo of those weeks. There wasn't exceptional competition. Competition, as best I can tell, was pretty middle of the road relative to what the competition has been in recent weeks against Dynamite from 8 to 10. So there is some truth to the rating. Ratings not being good. Despite, and it wasn't as if this was just some run-of-the-mill episode of Dynamite. This was the most hyped episode of Dynamite in some months. There's that. We can talk about AEW as a lead-in. Now, the lead-in from 8 to 10, serving the NHL pregame and game that follows at 10 p.m. Eastern. And Sportico had an article about this this week. Yep. Yeah, and uh, from that article uh, here, and that was written by Anthony Krupe, uh, per Nielsen's live plus same day data, the AEW Dynamite in- installments preceding TNT's NHL coverage averaged 911,875 viewers, nearly four times the turnout of the late hockey telecast. Lead-ins, uh, no matter how big, only pay off when the respective target audiences are simpatico. In this particular co- case, sorry, the Venn diagram of AEW enthusiasts and NHL fans looks like a toppled snowman. If accommodating AEW has hampered TNT's early NHL efforts, the worst of it will be over soon, as the wrestling program will move to its new home on TBS as of January 5th. Once the dynamite block is out of the way, TNT will go forward with a weekly slate of NHL doubleheaders. Despite the scheduling snares, advertisers have snapped up a bulk of TNT's in-game spots, leaving Turner Sports Chief Revenue Officer John DeMont with a limited cachet of available NHL inventory. While the AEW workaround has put the freeze on TNT's initial hockey deliveries, media buyers say that Wednesday night ratings have been consistent with the guarantees the network offered its NHL advertisers. Yes. So what are your takeaways from those excerpts excerpts of the sport of article here? So it seems like... AEW Dynamite being a, a lead in is hurting the NHL uh, ratings. Is that, that what they're saying there? Um, but they're um, doing, but we, you know, go ahead. I was just say, but they're also doing great numbers. Uh, you know, we look some very comparable numbers to w- what NHL does, if not beating it. And that's almost on most wrestling promotions on television. So, and, and this article says that they're they're selling their ad inventory just fine um but I, I figured we could go and look you know wrestling programs have a history of not being great lead-ins for the programs that follow them um with some obvious exceptions uh the ultimate fighter helped build ufc into becoming a lot more popular than it was before in roughly 2005 when it was the program that was on right after raw on spike tv when raw was on spike tv um what else do you remember the joe schmo show yes i do i want i i don't know what the ratings were for that but that that was something that i watched after raw um because it had like this worked aspect to it but anyway um Miz and mrs has been doing quite well in its most recent season as as the program on right after raw um and roads to the top 
as we'll, we'll look, look here in a moment, has done relatively well compared to other programs that have been on after Dynamite. So let's look at all the cable originals. All this, all this data, by the way, coming from Showbiz Daily via Nielsen, via Showbiz Daily. Um, so these are only originals. We're not going to look at movies that, that, that are on after Dynamite, simply because I don't have that data. Um, but we do have quite a few original programs. It's it's hasn't been a regular thing and really until recently that Dynamite has, has been a lead-in for an original program. But there have been a handful of times before the NHL games uh, started to appear on TNT. Um, so this is sorted in chronological order first that Dynamite has served as, as the lead-in for one championship MMA on what looks like five occasions here. Uh, on one occasion, it served as the lead-in for the arena which is some kind of special on the NBA, I, I gather. Um, and then it served as a lead-in for Roads to the Top on, on various nights. And, uh, and then it's been the lead-in for a number of NHL games. Um, and what we see is one championship wrestling, and I think I have this grouped. What do I want to look at here? I guess let's, let's look at this grouped. So I averaged, so I put these in groups that made sense. I grouped all the, the Roads to the Top episodes together. Uh, there have been a couple times... This has mostly, mostly been going on after Rampage now, since Rampage has been on TV. But there have been a couple of um, AEW countdown specials ahead of pay-per-views. Uh, and then we've got the NHL pre-games. We've got the NHL regular season actual game and the one championship MMA. Uh, so five episodes of, of the MMA show. Uh, eight NHL regular season games along with eight NHL pre-game shows. Two AEW specials and five uh, Roads to the Top episodes. And in 18-49... We could call it the retention rate or the P18 to 49 rating as a percentage of Dynamite's P18 to 49 rating. And if I sort this from greatest to least, the program that you could say held on to the viewership the, the most effectively was Rhodes to the Top. And that makes sense. It's a show about Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes, two people, two personalities who are on the AEW program those, those audiences are familiar with. So, and it's on later in the night. So it's not as if this is an eight o'clock dynamite that's uh, serving a nine o'clock show. It's an eight to 10 show serving a 10 o'clock show. So the viewership is, uh, if all other things are equal, is going to be lower at 10. But, uh, but Roads to the Top has benefited the best from the lead-in, you could say. Uh, the AW special, uh, but did, I, did I say a number here? 45% uh, is, is the average retention rate uh 45 percent the aw special the two aw specials retain 36 percent of the demo uh the pre-games on average across eight pre-games for the nhl game has retained 30 percent of the demo and the game itself which is on even further into the night of course 22 percent of the demo uh one championship mma 27 percent of the demo so uh yeah this is this is there's more context that we could get into here um with more time i would like to look at how raw has served as a lead-in for any usa network programming maybe we'll look at that in the future but it is evident from this breakdown that dynamite has served as a better lead-in for roads to the top and for its own specials than it has for the nhl which isn't really a surprise right it's just how how nicely fit does the lead-in fit in with the program that comes before it, which is the wrestling program. I think the biggest question is, why does this all matter, Brandon? Oh, why does it matter? Great question. Great question, Chris Gall. 
this is why you're here to ask these, these, these insightful questions. Uh, one of the, th one of the reasons why wrestling programs or any program is valuable, it's not just because of the viewership that it delivers. It's not just because of the ad revenue that it can help generate. It's also in what it's a question of in what ways does this program make the entire network even stronger? You know, if, um, if you can be a program and that's why we've seen things like the go big show with, with Cody Rhodes involved. Um, and, uh, that's why we've seen roads to the top on the air in part, um, because, and that's why we've seen on, uh, dynamite Snoop Dogg show up and Rosario Darson, Rosario Dawson show up, uh, people who are on the go big show. Um, they did the Christmas story thing last year too, on TBS, the excellent. live reads from AW. Yeah. Excellent example. Things like that. The more you can sort of energize the entire network and generate interest across not just your own program that you want to do great ratings in, but you want to generate interest in the entire family of, of Turner programming. So the more you can do that, the better. So that's something that, that has, that has a lot to do with how networks are going to value dynamite or, or, or raw on the USA network or SmackDown on Fox. So how much can, can we sort of cross promote and, drive interest to a variety of programs across our network. All right. Uh, moving on to ratings. Mm. We, we uh, don't have anything for rampage, but we do have some uh, fast affiliates here for uh, SmackDown. Uh, preliminary total viewership, uh, 2.213 million. Um, obviously you got an assumption that it would be uh, plus minus 5.7% for the final rating, which we reported Monday, about 2.3 million uh, the, the, that you're predicting, Brandon. And it uh, could be the highest in September, but hard to say last week, lately due to storm coverage in some markets. So, and uh, this is, you know, Brock Lesnar has been back for a couple of weeks now, you know, and uh, does Brock Lesnar equal ratings? He hasn't the last couple of weeks. Um, SmackDown has been doing its lowest demo ratings in, uh, since the return to touring uh but he have, did have a big angle with uh roman reigns turning on on paul Heyman. um yeah but no fast national for rampage this week maybe that means that the rampage rating was up uh so we'll see what happens on monday though when that final rating comes out monday afternoon uh we'll get that from nielsen um and then rampage is on christmas night th this week i saw that with the scheduling yeah yes it's not on Friday, yeah. Yes. Um, which is probably better. I don't know. Uh, is it still on at 10, actually? Do you know? Is it on 10 on Saturday, or is it on, on um, earlier? I uh, think it's on a different time, yeah. Because you know, so, they did see some promotion for that from AEW as far as matches. But SmackDown has already been taped for Friday. So SmackDown is running on Christmas Eve. Um, and both of those shows are probably running on New Year's Eve, right? Um, yeah. So some really low ratings probably coming uh, this week for, for rampage and, and SmackDown and the week after uh, is there an NFL game on Tuesday? Have I heard this correctly? Yes. You, you have heard that correctly. There's two games on Tuesday yeah. uh, and now two games on Monday because of uh, COVID outbreaks. Um, so they had to do a lot of like scheduling uh, rescheduling around um, by the way, uh, Saturday night, nine o'clock, and they're advertising Hook's next match. So nine o'clock. Hope Hook Hook brings him in on Christmas. So excellent. Nine o'clock though. Nine o'clock. Yes. Okay. 
Um, all-time low rating on, on Tuesday night for NXT, we'll see. Uh, having to go against... The, 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 the NFL games are at different times, though, correct? Yes, they're... Um, I didn't do those times because I know... I think like the on Monday there's like a five o'clock and then your normal uh, Monday night football game, but there's a five p.m. Eastern Monday game. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Schedule here. Yeah. So Seahawks and Rams is at seven o'clock on Tuesday, uh, and then also so two games at the same time. And Eagles and Washington football team are at seven o'clock. But yeah, tomorrow Raiders Browns at five o'clock, followed by your regular Bears Vikings Monday night football at eight fifteen. So, to, so what, what's NXT going against? One game or two games? Technically, well, the, the, well, so there's two games at the same time. I don't know if any cable networks are showing these games, though. Okay. They would have been on your CBS and Fox Sunday affiliates. So, like, I would imagine they're just CBS or, or Fox will be airing those in local markets. So, if NXT gets crushed, they have an excuse. NFL competition that they've never gone up against before. Uh, we'll see. It's also college football bowl season, too. There's almost a bowl game every night on television now, too. Okay. So, in lieu of being able to make like-to-like comparisons, and in lieu of quarter hours not being uh, more neat in our ability to analyze them, because they're compromised with commercials and overlapping segments within a 15-minute period, I do want to start, and we already have been, taking a regular look at these YouTube clips. Now, there's some people angry with me that we were comparing AEW to W. Anytime you, you mention WB and AEW in the same sentence, you will cause some, some issue with someone. Um, but to be clear, as we look at this list, this is the top 20 videos, I believe, of the last seven days after 16 hours. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move this to 24 hours soon uh, once I get the data in, in, in the right position. But to be clear, even though AEW lists... We've got out of, out of 21, 2, 3, 4, 5. We've got 5 out of 20 RAEW videos in this listing. To be clear, WWE blows away AEW when it comes to views total in, in any given period of time. Um, they have a massive library of YouTube videos that has been online since 2005 or something, roughly since YouTube has existed. Um, a massive collection of YouTube clips from their massive library overall. So WWE is way, way ahead of, of AEW in views. However, we're just looking at the most recent videos uh, after 16 hours. And I think I can even show this right here. Oh, no, I cannot that. I'll, I'll, I'm going to run a, uh, a YouTube chart live on the air right now for those watching on, on YouTube. Are, are you ready for this, Chris Gall? This is huge. I'm a a uh, 9.30 in the morning Eastern Standard Time exclusive here on YouTube. No one else is bringing this content this early. So what we're looking at on the screen, this is Sublime Text. This is just a, a program that you use to write Python code. And what it's going to do is I've been collecting data every hour on the hour with a different script. And it's been going directly to the YouTube pages, looking at the videos and counting the views. Anyway, nobody cares about that. We're going we're to build this code right now, and it's going to create a chart that's going to count like 190 videos. And it's going to show you a line graph of the trend of that video. So here it is. Here it is. It just generated it right now. This is huge. This took me like hours to make. What you can see here, this is only the, the, the 72 hours, but suffice to say it's, it's flat going forward for the, the, the entire seven-day period that I'm, that I'm tracking this data. But I wanted to track that big of a frame of time to be sure. 
but this is within 72 hours is the frame that we're looking at here. And what you see is the bulk of the views, the vast majority of the views for these videos that are new, that are just posted, that viewing happens, the vast majority of it, within the first 24 hours. So for punditry reasons, for analyzing the business reasons, I think it's going to be safe to just look at the first 24 hours and say, okay, after you know this video has lived for 24 hours, I, I essentially figure out its birth date because I'm looking at this every hour. So from the, for 24 hours after the first recognition of, of a video, we can say, okay, after 24 hours, that's how many views you had. Um, we're looking at 16 here. I will move this to 24 soon. Um, but anyway, the most viewed video of the week, Brock Lesnar laying waste to Roman Reigns and the Usos. And if you look at the, the top 30 or the, the top 25, the last 30 days, the top three, each with over a million views, is Brock Lesnar lays waste. Brock Lesnar attacks. Brock Lesnar destroys. So if, if, you want, if you want that SEO, just call your video Brock Lesnar smashes, destroys, demolishes. Just have Brock Lesnar doing violence against someone or something. Um, those seem to do quite so well. So many WWE social media has a thesaurus. I, what word do we use this week? <laughs> I, I How about exterminates? <laughs> I think when we looked at this with, with Mookie a few years ago, what we what we noticed was yeah like there was some of the most popular videos on YouTube's uh, or on W's YouTube are like Braun Strowman destroys a car and things like that people people smashing and destroying things big muscly men crushing and doing demolition people love that on YouTube um, it's, it's the human version of monster trucks people love that stuff so so the Lesnar clip from this this past Friday smacked on number one. Uh, with 1.6 million views. Uh, Roman Reigns fires Paul Heyman, just under 1 million after 16 hours, so it's probably over a million now. Maurice slaps The Miz from Raw is number three. The instant classic, Heyman versus Danielson, was a defining moment for AEW's number four. The top 10 moments of Raw number five, Big E battles Bobby Lashley for it with title opportunity on the line. I love title opportunities. Uh, and we can go on from there. Drew McIntyre recovers his stolen sword, Angela. That was on SmackDown. Uh, who walked out with the magnificent diamond, dynamite diamond ring, which was actually from last week's dynamite, right? But we first it was first posted on Thursday. No, that is from Winter's Coming. Maybe that's the MGF and Dante Martin match then. I don't know. Anyway, there's that. You have thoughts of that? Um. I mean, and none of this really surprises me. You know, we WWE's social media, YouTube presence, especially globally. We have to remember this is a global thing. We're not talking like American TV ratings. Good point. So, and AEW just doesn't have that global brand that that WWE has. So, you're talking people that just all they and and some of these people. And we listen. We see it with the Saudi Arabia shows what they request people just know names so somebody's like oh brock lesnar and you know somebody in the mina region knows who brock lesnar is and they see a brock lesnar youtube video they're probably click okay so there's youtube and uh we could eventually look at this over over bigger periods of time like we just looked at the 30 days we could eventually look at this by month well by by quarter uh and then ultimately by year um the thing is i can't really go back retrospectively before i started collecting this data uh, but it's something uh, in 2022, 
we could hopefully look at. Um, moving on to DQ finishes. Yeah, DQ finishes, and uh, it's been all the talk as of late. It has been. Do you love DQ finishes? Do you ever do you ever watch a wrestling show and be like, "Man, that was good," but I wish it had more DQ finishes. I honestly just expect television to have DQ finishes a lot. So I think WWE has programmed it in my brain because the pay per views were the real winners. It happened. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I went through the cage match results and I did a search in the text of the results for any variation of DQ disqualification count out with and without a hyphen one word and two words count out no contest with and without a hyphen probably doesn't catch 100% but probably pretty close um, and what we find is AW so far in its history 0.2% of their matches have been DQ'd count out or no count no contest um, this year so far, WB, it's 7% have been, let's call them non-finishes. WB has done 7% of its matches non-finishes. Um, AAA beats WB here with 8% of its matches being non-finishes. New Japan is at 2%. Um, CMLL is at 6%. Uh, I did go all the way back to, I think, I think I went even further back than this, but I did go back to at least 1990. And you can see the, uh, the glory era for DQ finishes was in fact, the late nineties for WWE when they did their, their, their hottest period of business, 99, 2000, 17% of their matches ended without a pinfall or submission. Nine, 1990, that's 98, 17%, 99, 15%, 2000, 14%. So some, what is that? More than one out of six, maybe not that quite that much. A sixth is, is 18%, right? 18.5 or something like that. Or is that 12 and a half? Anyway, 15%. Roughly 15% of the Attitude Era was DQ or count-out finishes. No cage match does not tell me about distraction finishes, does not tell me about cheap roll-up finishes. Sorry. but uh, I expected a WCW number to be higher. <laughs> like, right, WCW is in here, too. WCW the dusty peaked. finish, you know? Yeah, that's more about egregious, you know, occasions. Um, but WCW peaks in 1998 with 14%. Um, but the, the leader of this multi-decade span of time among the promotions that we're looking at here is AAA in 1998 with 28%, more than a quarter. And they, they went from 98 to 2001, where about a quarter of their matches had a DQ or a count out. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if two out of three falls would be counted in here. If you, you had just one fall that was a DQ, maybe that would have counted. Um, but yeah. And the low point, the low point. For any promotion, we're looking at, by the way, this is an analysis of AEW, All Japan Pro Wrestling, CMLL, Dragon Gate slash Torimon, ECW, TNA slash Impact Wrestling, AAA, New Japan, Pro Wrestling NOAA, WCW, Stardom, and WWE. Um, And the low point with 0% for the entire years of 1993, 1994, 1995, but the greatest era of any promotion ever, really. All Japan in the 90s. What is, what is your favorite All Japan in the 90s match, Chris Gullo? <laughs> uh, I can't think of too many. I know you have <laughs> talked about... I know you've, you, you've talked about uh, Masada and uh, Kawada, right? Uh, Mas- uh, quite a bit. Masada? Do I have that right? To, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah, Masawa, yeah. So, yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but anyway, Gi- Giant Baba 
not to get too far away from current events here, but Giant Baba in the 80s. You, you can, people who are watching on YouTube can see this, this enormous change here. In the 80s, all Japan pro wrestling was strewn with all sorts of DQ and count finishes and no contests and things like that. It was, you know, if you, if you stack time limit draws on top of it, it gets up to 20%. You know, one out of every five matches in 1980 and 1981 was either a time limit draw, a DQ, a count out, or a no, no contest. In 1989, though, for some reason, and uh, many have pointed out, this coincides with the timing of UWF, Kira Maeda's UWF, shoot-style wrestling coming into prominence, even though the first UWF was 84, but the second run was in the late 80s. Um, and it would be followed by you know, rings and UWFI in the 90s. Um, but it coincides with the second UWF, which was a, was a, hot, a hot period for, for Maeda in, in the late 80s. Uh, where they did very technical, sort of the precursor to MMA, really, even though the matches were worked. Um, but they did all clean finishes, of course, and uh, in as sports-like a fashion as possible. Meanwhile, All Japan Pro Wrestling went to all clean finishes while doing still a, I don't know if you want to call it, more classic version of pro wrestling with, with normal pro wrestling moves and things like that. Um, but yeah, in 89, and, and I looked deeper into this, you can pinpoint to a period... Um, from, I believe, roughly May 1989 to September 1989, where it, it goes from a pretty high rate to almost zero. And then uh, from 90 onward, there's very, very, very few non-finishes. And then again, as, as I mentioned, there are in, in nine, 93 through 98, there are, or even through 99. And, and Baba died in January 99. Um, and the split came about a year later uh, with Noah. But there are no DQ finishes that I could find in this query. I, di I didn't manually look at every row, obviously, every match result. Though it would have been tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of match results. But um, there are some time limit draws. Memorably, there are some hour draws and, and things like that and draws in the Champion Carnival. Uh, so that's somewhere between 1% and 3% in any given year are time limit draws. But zero. Now, uh, if you look at New Japan's history over this time, New Japan... Nearly as strong, nearly zero throughout the '90s. They're they're at a, at one or two percent throughout almost the entire decade of the '90s, and follows a, a very similar trend line to all Japan. Um, now you've got to think, knowing what I know about how pro wrestling works, at least here in the United States, they their business must have just cratered during this time, right? Because they weren't able to protect their stars. That's why we do DQ finishes and, and count out finishes and, and other. Uh, non-finishes is to protect the stars and build them up for that big match that's coming later, right? So all Japan and New Japan nearly went out of business in the '90s, clearly, uh, but but they're still alive today by some miracle, isn't, isn't that that that's that's correct narrative of of what happened, right? <laughs> nope, <laughs> not at all. Really? What happened then? How how did they how did they uh, not go out of business? They didn't do any DQ finishes. They must have had a hard time. Why else They're would you do a quality product? Why else would you do DQ finish? Why why are we doing DQ finishes then in, in the United States if it doesn't really support the economics? Because it's an old American wrestling narrative that's never died. That, sure. I mean, it it, it it goes back to the territories. Okay, this is one of those things you do, and no one really has an explanation really why you really really should do it. Uh, the nineties, all Japan pro wrestling's hottest period ever. Um, they wanna. Attendances in, in Japan, the records that we do have of attendances in Japan are very suspect, but 
I don't think there's any disputing that all Japan in the 90s was all Japan's hottest period ever. Coincided with the, with, with the creation of new stars. Mitsuharu Masao, Toshiaki Kawada, Ketsu Kobashi, Kiratawe, Junakiyama. Uh, that's Steve Williams, Vader in there in the late 90s. Um, Stan Hansen, uh, not a new star, but Stan Hansen, part of that, that crew as well. Um, new Japan had its hottest period ever. Even hotter probably than the, than the, the peak of Inoki in New Japan. Emergence of new stars, Kiji Muto. Uh, Masahiro Chono, Shinya Hashimoto. Uh, it's debatable whether whether New Japan was hotter, especially when you consider the global factor in the in the 2010s. But um, Tokyo Dome shows three times a year, other dome shows in other regions like Fukuoka and Sapporo, did all this with minimal, almost none, almost no DQ finishes, count up finishes, no contest finishes, and this is clearly something that AW is. It's it's not a coincidence that they've done essentially zero or very close to zero DQ count out, no contest finishes in their history. It's something, something clearly that Tony Khan feels strongly about is that it's not something that is conducive to a good product. But anyway, moving on, moving on to the cyber fight financial. You, you, you wanted to talk about cyber fights. I think is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, you know what? It, actually, it is interesting to see <clears throat> really scope into what cyber fight is doing. Cause it is an interesting, you know, thing that we have. Cause now what is it? Do they they own DDT? Do they own Noah, or are they like an umbrella company, or what is the I was going to exact definition of them with Noah? I was going to quiz you on that. Um, okay. So cyber, there's a company called Cyber Agent. What here's a here's a really misleading and um, counterintuitive question I could ask you. What's the biggest company in pro wrestling? I mean, you would. Oh, it's not WWE because they're in sports entertainment. Well. So, but I would say WWE if they recognize themselves as a wrestling company. I could say that Cyber Agent, which is a some kind of uh, look up what what Cyber Agent actually does. It's a uh, some sort of digital company. Um, and just give me give me like the the Wikipedia first sentence on Cyber Agent and what what, they, what their company yes. actually does. It's a company based in Japan, um, and it a very very small part of their business is now Cyber Fight, its subsidiary. Uh, which owns Pro Wrestling Noah, DDT, and this the D, the DDT sub promotions, which are Ganbare, I think, and Tokyo Joshi Pro. Um, Cyber Agent is a bigger company. Again, Pro Wrestling is a very very small piece of their company, but Cyber Agent is a bigger company than the WWE uh, in terms of market capital. It's about eight and a half billion dollar company when you convert the the yen to to USD. Um, go ahead and and WWE digital is, digital advertising. Digital advertising, I thought that's, that's what it was. Okay. Um, so they're about an $8.5 billion market capital company. W is $3.5 billion, uh, depending on what the stock price is. But CyberAsians is a publicly traded company as well. Bushi Road is a publicly traded company. Bushi Road is a half a billion dollar company, so it's much smaller than WB. Um, CyberAsians generated about eight and almost, almost $6 billion, or I'm sorry, yeah, almost $6 billion in revenue, uh, made about $365 million in net income in its most recently completed fiscal year. So just, just give you an idea how big these companies are. Um, the Cyber Fight is one subsidiary of Cyber Agent, and they reported a uh, 215 million yen loss, which if you convert that, is $2.5 million. So they lost $2.5 million on the fiscal year ending September 2021, um, seeming to blame this somewhat on COVID. Um, there's also, so there's, there's a few tables that if people are looking on YouTube that look like this, um, that there's, there's this table. There's another table 
that is just for DDT that also shows a loss so that we know apparently that DDT itself, if you just isolate DDT, appears to have also lost money. So DDT is, is in the bucket along with NOAA. Um, so these companies not making money here, which makes sense. The Japanese business is not an overwhelmingly media revenue driven business like the US, the major US companies are. Uh, there, there are companies that are largely driven by live events and their live events have been limited in, in capacity. Um, so they're not as able to, to do good business. All right. Anything else on that? Or do we want to move to the 2022 predictions? We can do, we can do predictions now. Um, by the way, though, before we start the predictions, if you have any questions, we do have the super chat feature. Uh, you can enter any amount starting at a dollar uh, to ask us a question. So uh, if you guys want to do that, it's right in the YouTube chat, the super chat feature. All right. So, We'll 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 start with these predictions here. You sent me, uh, I believe, yesterday uh, this, and uh, I was kind I of holding it over. And and uh, number one here, will NXT be on the USA Network at the end of 2022? Do you want to go first? Yeah. So so I I gave you a list. I've added some a couple of, a couple of questions since I gave you this list, but I, I gave you this list and asked you to come up with your own answers separately in your own voting booth, and then we would reveal them now. Will NXT be on the USA Network in 2022? Well, at the end of 2022. Uh, yes. I think it's more questionable after that. Uh, they, they probably may, I'm going to guess they made a two-year deal, which would run from September 2021 through September 2023. Given that the, the relationship between WWE and NBC Universal is so deep, um, unless they just want to make some tr- strategic choice to put, I mean, it would be very easy to, to move NXT to Peacock and then spin it as a lateral or or upward movement because you know wow it's so it's such a big deal to be on peacock and it's, it's so important to be on peacock and that's where the future is and we're targeting a younger audience even though we're not capturing them uh but anyway go ahead what do you think yeah i mean i'm gonna agree with you yes but i think peacock it moving to peacock is definitely something that's going to happen in the future i don't think it happens next year but what you know we're gonna keep an eye on television as a whole when does the buck really stop with standard cable television where it just people are just i'm, I'm done you know never. and then people people are just moving quality programming over to well, networks are moving quality programming over to streaming services P50, so uh, p50 plus is never going to cancel cable you could charge true, them but you they're not going to live them. forever eh, brandon <laughs> no but it's a long time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like our our parents and grandparents you could and 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 lord knows cable companies have a terrible perception with their customers. Everybody hates their cable company, but they could continue to, to raise these economics, continue to raise the price of, of, of to the customer to subscribe to cable for a long time. Um, and I, I just think older people are, are not, it's going to take so much discomfort to force somebody over the age of 50 to, to pick up the Roku remote, pick up the Apple TV remote and figure out how to do all of their normal TV routine. There, they are, they will not tell you this, but they are willing to go through a lot of to pay a lot more money than they're paying now to continue to pick up their their big clunky remote with the rubber buttons and 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 press the buttons that that manipulate their their set top box. And for that reason, there's going to be a declining, yes, but a continuing continually profitable live TV business. And there will be maybe various options about how to how you can 
get access to that live TV uh, through through internet one way or another. Um, that's that's the big question that I feel a lot less confident saying anything about. But yeah, I, I don't think uh, unless people of the age of fifty are going to be incentivized to 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 cut the cord and and figure out how to use devices that are connected to the internet. Not that like people of the age of fifty are are, are too dumb to figure out how to, how to do those things. It's just friction is a tremendously underrated. We're totally off off of our predictions here, but friction is a tremendously underrated factor when it comes to media economics. I think. All right, uh, we'll move on to question number two. Will Ring of Honor run an event in 2022? I'll start with this one. Uh, I don't think so. Really. And- and here's the thing, even though the social media is acting like nothing happened as <laughs> the ring about our social media, uh, I now that Sinclair doesn't have to put a lot of focus on it and they got so much more things going on. I think it's going to be one of those things like, oh, I know we're going to reboot in April, but we're coming back in June. And 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 then it just it's going to fade away in obscurity. It, I guess it depends on what, what Sinclair really wants for content. I, I will say yes. Um, does Sinclair feel like it's worth it to have to do something very cheaply to produce some sort of weekly content. Um, there's what, what are they going to be playing in the meantime? Sort of. Replay Best of. I mean, there is a huge tape library. So, so I, I, yeah, I mean, do they, do they want new content? Cause you can get it done more cheaply than they were doing it. Um, and I think there's still money to be made in these occasional fight TV uh, or, you know, they're, they're through traditional operators too. these pay-per-views. Um, but I think they will at least run one show. I don't know that there's going to be a Ring of Honor ongoing promotion, but I but I bet there'll be a Ring of Honor show in 2022. The may or may not resemble anything like what Ring of Honor uh, has looked like over the last few years. All right, number three, and this is one that wasn't on your original list, but I, I'm excited for this one. Will a wrestler currently in NXT 2.0 be in a show closing match for a main roster pay per view in 2022? I'll let you start this one. We'll kind of ping pong. <sighs> So you're assuming that I've actually thought about these questions and not just written them. Um, I will say towards the end of the year, yes. Who would it be though? Braun Breaker, I guess. They clearly, and here's, here's, a, here's a little fact, and it may sound like nothing, but I think it is something. <laughs> so in Sling, and I imagine this is being replicated in, on different platforms, not just Sling, but in Sling, there, there, are, there are logos. There are sort of like, you know, images for each program. And like the dynamite one is, is like Cody Rhodes putting Dustin in a abdominal stretch in their, their double or nothing match. Um, the NXT image has until this past week or so been the Wolfenstein NXT logo. Now though, it has changed. It is the Nickelodeon version of NXT with Braun Breaker featured very prominently in this image. Um, and as much as WWE is challenged at, long-term booking little things like that who's in who's in the image that that they send out to carriers who's on the cover of the annual report for investors i think says a lot about who they value as stars or in this case future stars uh i mean who, who knows i mean braun breaker could could fizzle out but clearly they, they see him as, as something something big coming down the pipeline um is he gonna main event a pay-per-view at the end of the year, is he going to get called up and developed quickly enough to uh, be in the main of a, of a pay-per-view? Maybe. 
I, I will, I will say yes if nothing else because Vince sort of, sort of has to validate his own decision here and give it a try at least. I'm gonna say yes because I think Braun Breaker or Von Wagner, and, mm. and it might not be your traditional well, one, it might be some like elimination chamber or something like that. But I, I think both of those guys are gonna be in some type of main event pro- program. One of those guys, if not both, main event program by the end of the year. So okay, next. Uh, Yes, will who if anyone will be Adam Page for the AEW title? I will say MJF. MJF in in this year in this upcoming at, at year. the end of this year. Yes. Wow. Um, it's either probably not Omega. They probably don't go backwards to Omega. They probably don't go backwards to Moxley or Jericho. And by the way, just to be tangential here, part of the reason why AEW's ratings might not be great is because there is no Omega Moxley. Jericho on any of these shows lately. Anyway, um, it's it's sort of like the uh, the point that I bring up about why why, why is why is WWE's uh, popularity declined over the last few years? Is is it, is it this or that? Or is this the social media the smart fans? No, it's stars. Anyway, um, what was the question? Oh, who's going to win the title in twenty twenty two for an AEW? Um, Danielson probably not. Probably Adam Page has got to get a win over Danielson now. Even though Danielson would maybe make a great champion at this point. Um, maybe Punk, and then somebody takes it off of Punk. MGF is a good guess, though. I don't know. I will. I will go with CM Punk. All right. Uh, who, if anyone, will beat Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Title? I'll let you begin. It's Lesnar or no one. That's that's the answer. Here's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. You answer. You ask, I asked you that question, and you know the YouTube feed is a couple of minutes behind. The picture of John Cena showed up as soon as I asked you that question. No, that's not that's not happening. <laughs> big 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 match. John's got got more important things to do in China. Um, I'll say Lesnar. Um, I I don't. <sighs> Yeah, I I don't I don't I mean he I think he has to lose it eventually. I guess Brock Lesnar would be the best guess. I I can't think of anybody else. Some if 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 Rock if Rock wanted to do at least be there for a month or two maybe, but yeah, I I don't think Rock is committing to anything more than one match though. Yeah. Um. Um. All right. Uh. Moving on. Will Wyndham Rotunda, the former Bray Wyatt, sign with AEW Impact WWE? Or another company. Uh, I think uh, we, we've been having a lot of chatter this last uh, few months about can there be a third wrestling company that has huge financial backing. And I think this year you're going to see somebody uh, probably say, hey, we're starting a new, new wrestling company. Let's get on this TV rights train. And Wyndham Rotunda will be the the guy. That's my prediction. I hope it's Robert Rodriguez like relaunching some some Lucha Underground type uh, approach then. Um, I would say WWE would, would be my, would be the likely, I mean, what any, anything is possible, but WWE is they're, the They're selling there. Fiend holiday merchandise. Who WWE is? Yes, they're marketing it still. They, yeah. I like mean, you, you were marketing. You don't need to have somebody under contract to exploit their IP, man. All right. Um, will... And I, f- I feel I feel like we asked we 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 went over this question a couple of years ago. Uh, will New Japan get a weekly TV show on a network in uh, over thirty million uh, U.S. households? No, uh, no. We'll, we'll let you be. No, <laughs> no, no. Um, at this point, no. I think a couple of years ago would have been to strike the iron while it's hot. I think I don't think it happens now. 
Yeah, I, I put the the threshold at thirty million view, uh, households because that's you know that's roughly access. That would be about half, a little bit, a little bit less than half of the, the U.S. households. Is that now Vice? Is that that's Vice is over a little over about 30, fifty, right? about fifty million. Fifty. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. How many times in the same week will Dynamite have a larger eighteen to forty nine audience than Raw? Uh. So I think this is something. I don't really see wrestling ratings moving a lot in 2022, but I think this will probably happen. Let's say three times, three times. Um, it's happened twice this year. I don't think it's going to happen in the re- remaining few weeks of the year. All right. We've got two, two occasions left for this to possibly happen. Um, and their AW is so hindered by at least the West coast thing. If nothing else that will end though on January 5th, and they'll be on TBS, and there'll be no more of that. It'll be prime time across the country. Um, but in January, Raw is going to be not facing Monday Night Football anymore. Um, when does Monday Night Football actually end, though? Is does the week of January fifth, um, where January third is a Monday? Is there? I think yes. there's still Monday Night Football into at least one week of January. Yeah, the, the, on week week seventeen, but it, there never is a Monday Night Football game on the last week of the year in the NFL regular season. Okay, so January third there is Monday Night Football. Yes. Okay, so it could happen then. It could happen then. Um, did it come close before Monday Night Football? I think it came close. Um, I will say five, five times in twenty twenty two. All right. Well, how many times in the same week will Dynamite have a larger P two? Plus audience than raw zero. I'll let you begin with this one zero. I I I concur zero zero. I um all right. Uh, question number ten here. Prediction number ten. Who will buy WB's next day VOD rights currently led by Hulu? And I'm going to go with the surprising candidate of Tubi TV. Been seeing a lot of advertising for Tubi, and I think Tubi TV needs programming. Tubi TV will be buying. Who owns, Who owns Tubi? For WWE. Who owns Tubi? Fox owns Tubi TV. Fox. Yeah, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> it does make sense. The Fox connection does make sense, though. Um, Smack, uh, Peacock and Amazon. I think it's got to be one of those two. Uh, and I think you you want you want. I'll take a, a a lower revenue deal with Amazon, just just to scare the crap out of my TV partners. Um, but does Amazon really want to play there? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if, if Amazon really wants to play in, in U.S. sports rights outside of the NFL. Um, I will say Peacock. All right. And now we'll get into some average viewership here. Uh, we're going to predict the average viewership P2 Plus in eighteen forty nine in twenty twenty two, and we'll start with WWE SmackDown, and uh, we'll uh, we'll start with you, Bryn. Okay. So for for reference, let's do let's do P eighteen forty nine rating. Okay. And total viewership as a obviously as a count of viewers. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to put on the screen here the the numbers. Uh, let's let's do this for you. Okay. So now we we can see all the numbers and all the the year over year deltas. So as of right now, we are starting with SmackDown, right? Because they have the the largest viewership. They are averaging for SmackDown. I think does this exclude preemptions? We'll exclude pre- any preemptions from our prediction here because those are too unpredictable. Um, so I've got to exclude preemptions in, in the in these tables here real quick because we don't want to be considering. Um, oh dear, am I going to have to like? Yeah. 
So we don't want to be including like FS1 numbers in here or anything like that. So I've got to add the preemption filter. So if we go and take out anything that says true, and I don't know if that, actually, I think I already had them excluded because I was excluding certain networks. Anyway, 2.126 million viewers is the average for SmackDown in 2022. Um, I see no reason why it wouldn't fall year over year. It fell, this is, this is down 5% from the year prior um, in this year, from last year, which last year in 2020 was a pandemic year. And they're down 5% from that. Pandemic circumstances were especially negative because there was no live crowd. They bounced back, coinciding with the return to, to touring. Um, but I think they're due for roughly a, another 5% decline here. Right, maybe even worse than five percent because we'll be comparing, we'll be comparing twenty twenty two, which will be mostly, which will be mostly touring. But let's say so. Let's go somewhere between five and ten. Let's say seven point five. So I'm going to take. We'll put the calculator on here so everybody can see this wonderful math. Uh, two point two six, and I will I will multiply it by uh, what's seven percent? Eight. Nine. We'll say ninety three percent of that. So I will say for SmackDown, one point nine seven. 7 million viewers on average in 2022. Um, and then we'll just, I'm just going to do a similar number for, for the demo times nine, three. Uh, and that would be a 0.52. That's still pretty good. 0.52 rating mm. for SmackDown. Your right. thoughts. I was going to go 2 million even uh, with a 0.48. Okay. And, be my prediction there. Okay. Next, Raw. N- next, next, Raw. Yes, Monday Night Raw. Now, I'll, I'll I'll start. I'll start with my prediction. I am going to predict one point six. I just think the Raw is going to be very flat most of the year. With uh, let's say a point four two. Okay. I will say the average in this year is one point seven six three. I will also give this a a worse than 7% decline. I'll say it gets a 10% decline. So that would put it at 1.587 million viewers and a similar decline in the demo. Uh, although the demo has dropped more precipitously in most years. So let's be a little bit more aggressive. Let's say point, let's say 88% retention. So that would be a 0.45 in the demo. It feels a little high, but we'll, uh, we'll go with that. Now, what's next? The third most viewed right, program. Um, real quick, we did have a super chat question, oh. which kind of leads into what we're going to talk about with AEW Dynamite predictions. But uh, Louis Dakota, uh under eighteen AEW ratings, will they try other demos? So I think it's kind of asking, like, do we have a lot of data for under eighteen AEW, and is that a demo that they're really that they're going to focus on? Probably not, because it's outside of the ad demo. But we can, you know, what I do have. Because we get total viewership, because we get 18 to 49, and because we get P50 plus, I can, with some margin of error, tell you what the P217 numbers are with some margin of error. And that is, if you're looking on YouTube, that, that is right here. Um, so, so for instance, with, with NXT, the margin of error is massive, right? It's somewhere between 5,000 and 16,000 for NXT. Uh, but if, if you're asking about Dynamite, Somewhere between 29, this is the most recent week. So for winter is coming somewhere between 29,000 and 41,000, which is 
decisively below Raw. We can't calculate this for SmackDown because we don't get a P50 Plus for SmackDown because it's on broadcast. But Dynamite is decisively lower than Raw in this category, right? We've got 29 to 41, somewhere in that range for Dynamite. We've got 57 to 69 for Raw. Again, 29 to 41 for Dynamite, 57 to 69 for Raw. The medians there are 35,000 for Dynamite, 63,000 for Raw. Um, Rampage, the median there is 20,000. Again, with, with some sizable margins of error here. But uh, it gives you an idea of like, what is that as a percentage of, of the total audience? I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about Dynamite's just under a million viewers. Uh, if, if they did 35 divided by 9, four, eight, that's three and a half percent of their audience. Let's put the calculator on the screen there. Three and a half percent of their audience for, for raw, that would be 4% of their audience. Um, I think at this point for, for one thing, it's not their, it's not their target ad demo. You're not, you're not seeing commercials on raw or dynamite or rampage or SmackDown or NXT that are targeted at kids, children. Um, you see things that, that seem to me to be targeted at 18 and 49 or even P50 plus. Um, so I don't, I don't think there's an ad market there for these programs for that. But I think, you know, WWE is capturing P, P2 to 17 through things like YouTube and social media. Um, and, it, and to a lesser extent, I, think, I, I do think by, by percentage, by proportion, AW is less popular with kids than WWE is. Um, and we see that bared out in things like the Reddit census where people who are younger or under the age of 18 have more favorable opinions. Even those those smart fans on, on the on the Reddit squared circle have more favorable opinions of WB uh, than people in other age groups. All right, so yeah, we were talking AEW Dynamite. What are your predictions for P two and eighteen to forty nine? So Dynamite is up, but it's up because up, it's up in this year, but it's up because it's not going against NXT. Um, if we look at, it's tough because we don't really have a great year over year idea of what this program does because each year has pretty serious uh, external factors to compare against the, these months are compromised by, um, by the NHL factor. Um, I will say this program will be down. So we're, we're we looking at first I'm over here in P 50 plus. Um, so what will, what I'll do is, is find the P two plus here. This is P two plus and they averaged in 2021, 940,000 viewers and I will predict 940. I will predict they maintain like 95% of that. So an 893,000 viewer average people on Twitter will announce the death of the company, but that's what they will average in total viewership, total viewership. Now in the demo, it's a 0.34. That is their average in this year. If I said they, they maintain a 0.34 and 0.34, as, as a viewer count is what? 0.34 times 1305. That's 443 or 444. If I multiply that by two, that's 887. Yeah. I mean, okay, that, that adds up. Yeah. So 893,000 total, 0.34 in the demo. I will go 900 and 0.35. I'll one up you a little bit <laughs> on that. You're so biased. All right. <laughs> the next is uh, Rampage. Uh, I'll start, I'll, I'll probably go, I would say 450,000 for Rampage. And I would say it's probably going to just looking at previous data, probably an average of a 0. 0.17, 18 to 49. 
uh, I think Rampage, where it's at right now, my best guess is that that is where it's going to live. So it's doing half a million viewers, unless its time slot changes, which is quite possible. Um, but let's see here. We've got half a million viewers, 237,000 in the demo. Um, and I will say that that is roughly their average. Maybe it's down a little bit. Um, so I'll say something like four, 485, half of that in the demo would be that, divided by 305. So what did I just say for, for the total? Total? For 485. 485 total and a point one nine. Okay. That's a demo rating. That's too high. Point one eight. What did you say? Sorry, uh, I said point one seven. Okay. So, but I said four fifty. Uh, I just that Friday night slot is just death. Um, now uh, NXT. <laughs> this, this will be the most interesting one. And NXT will start with you, Brandon. Um, what's its average in the year? Let's see here. NXT on the USA Network. Partly going against AEW during, during this year, six hundred and forty, or I'm sorry, six hundred seventy-four thousand viewers total. It is averaged in the demo a point one six. It's doing lower than that now, though. Um, I think it's going to average five hundred and twenty-five thousand viewers and a zero point one three in the demo. Okay, I I'm going to say five fifty and. I think one 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 three is probably a a good life for it. It's it's the old people's product, so just gonna copy me. So. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, I, I was thinking one three before you said it. So, all right, Impact Wrestling. Uh, I'll start. Uh, maybe maybe ninety seven thousand with a point oh two, eighty thousand point oh two. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. This so, yeah, audio, the, audio the, the there's our predictions. Mm-hmm. So, are we uh, are we all done here? I think. I think. I think we are. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about yeah. this table. We're, we'll, we'll do this next. Maybe we'll start doing this next week and doing some really quick predictions about what the ratings will be in the weeks to come. Um, but yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening. Press like if you would. Press share. Share it with someone. Hit subscribe on YouTube if you are watching on YouTube. Uh, here on YouTube on the WrestleMania YouTube channel every Thursday at five thirty p.m. Eastern. And live around the country and around the world, there's live TV ratings talk every Thursday where we talk about the ratings uh, and take any questions that you may have through the Super Chat. You can go to the Post Wrestling Discord and go to the WrestleNomics channel and chat with me and others in the Post Wrestling Discord. WrestleNomics Radio is distributed as part of the Post Wrestling family of podcasts. Yeah. You have your own slide uh, yeah, now. Yes, and uh, you can all catch me. Uh, I have one other podcast, Rediscover the Indies. Next week, Wednesday, I will be will be the release date for our episode on Ring of Honor CZW feud. So we're going to break into that. That's RTI Pod on Twitter. Uh, really interesting to break into the kind of the business side of it, the politics side of it, and and I think people kind of forget about this this uh, partnership. People don't remember. You could say it. They have people don't remember. People don't remember. before we go i do have uh a clip from two years ago to play we're gonna replay our own audio here which is a little bit gratuitous this this is from this is from september 2019 one more (laughs) this is the bear case for for wb this is where raw and smackdown fall from prominence 
Vince McMahon's effort to turn around uh, the Wednesday Night War actually damages NXT, and AEW surpasses uh, WWE in major metrics. So in this scenario, this is at like two additional hours of primetime WWE content uh, contributes to the decline of Ron Smackdown. That is the, the existence of NXT being on USA Network contributes to the decline of Ron Smackdown because there's more content out there for WWE viewers to, to try to watch. By the middle of next year, AEW uh, consistently beats NXT for viewership. By the end of next year, in an effort to help NXT because they're losing the battle, Vince McMahon takes greater control of the brand. But because Vince McMahon is Vince McMahon, he actually contributes to the decline of NXT. Uh, viewership further declines for NXT. Attendance for NXT shows suffers. Uh, Not existent. So demographics, AEW begins to beat Raw SmackDown. Uh, all right. Then we want one other quick clip here. I think this has something. That NXT know. prediction. <laughs> I went through a number of cases, so it's a little bit of a, of a blind squirrel finding a nut. But we'll start to get to know what these brands are about and start to understand what they're about. And they get to create stars on, on the level of having these distribution platforms there as big as the USA Network and TNT. Like, why would you continue to watch Raw or SmackDown other than out of habit? And and how long does it take to do, I guess, there are just older people? And I guess that's sort of what I was laying out in that scenario. What, what, what you're going to see, what I believe you're going to see, is the, the older audience sticks with Raw and SmackDown longer. The younger audience uh, gets more and more depleted from Raw and SmackDown. The younger audience for NXT and AEW uh, gain more ground, and, and by the way, th those are, that's the audience, the younger audience that advertisers care about more. Um, two years ago, maybe within two years, and it could be wrong. We'll revisit this. We'll revisit this podcast in two years. Uh, I think we're going to see NXT maybe maybe number two, AEW number one. Um, that was a little I see the biggest issue with NXT uh, surpassing, and I can't really speak for AEW because they don't have they, they have so one company, one show. But I can't see NXT surpassing Raw and SmackDown because once they start. Vince will just go, oh, well, we got to take that oh. put him on Raw. We got to take this yeah. SmackDown. We're in the network. Oh, oh man, this Velveteen Dream, put him on Raw. Like, oh, Velveteen Dream. That's what I think is going to happen. <laughs> right. Once they start getting hot, it's they're, they're, they're going to get picked apart. And then just bring the new group of guys. And I think they're going to consistently, I think they'll do well, but I think he'll just, you know, keep, you know, moving guys over. One more. Oops. This is the beer. Okay. So Velveteen Dream didn't pan out, but <laughs> some of those things are eerily similar to, to reality. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you can subscribe to Russell Onyx on Patreon, patreon.com slash Onyx, where you get my TV ratings reports that are written and published nearly every weekday. You get access to the giant Russell Onyx viewership spreadsheet, uh, as well as other content. You can follow us on Twitter at Brandon Thurston, at Russell Onyx, at Chris Cole, at RTI Pod, and things of that nature. Anything yeah. else to add? Just want to wish everybody a happy holiday, too. Yes. It's a holiday week, so. Yes. Happy holidays to everybody. We will talk to you. Next time, though, we have at least one more program. One more program, right? Yes, we have one more yes. program in 2021 to do. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.